Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. I read about a lady who had a hearing problem. A lady had a hearing problem. One day, she and her husband were driving from Tennessee to Little Rock, Arkansas. And they were pulled over by a state trooper who asked if the husband knew how fast he was going. The wife asked, what did he say? The husband replied, he asked if I knew that I was speeding. Looking at the driver's license, the trooper said, I see you're not from around here. The husband said, no, we're from Memphis. The wife asked again, what did he say? The husband said to her, I said we're from Memphis. The state trooper then commented, you know, the meanest woman I ever met was from Memphis. And the wife again asked, what did he say? And the husband replied, he says he thinks he knows you. (laughs) How many of you this morning think that you are good listeners? Good listeners. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to raise your hands, but... But here's what they tell us, and I don't know who they are, but you guys can agree very courteously, right? They tell us that women tend to be better listeners than men, right? Now, see, I didn't tell you to agree. I didn't tell you to say amen, because I don't know who they are. Two men were walking one day, and one of them said, my wife talks to herself a lot. His friend answered, mine does too but she doesn't know it. She thinks I'm listening. (laughs) Why do you bring this up? Here's why. Listen, I want to talk to you today about something very important. It's about hearing his voice, okay? Now, there's a lot of times we listen, but we don't hear his voice, right? In in John chapter 10, verse 3, Jesus says that he calls his own sheep and he calls them by name, right? He calls each one of us by name. And so if Jesus is speaking and we're not very good listeners or we, we don't hear, well, the real question doesn't become, hey, Jesus calls his name. The real question is, well, do you hear his voice? Do you hear his voice? And that's so important because, because guys, in a day and age when, when we have so many voices, and I don't mean you have voices in your head, I'm saying in so many voices with work and radio and media and all of these things calling and vying for your attention, do you hear his voice? Do you hear his voice? Are we good listeners? Now, before we jump into that topic, we've gotta, I've got to remind you what we've talked about, Right? You go, what was that? Well, remember, on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, okay, Jesus offered to all those who would hear him, he said, I want, am the living water, right? Known as the Holy Spirit. He says, he says, he is the gift of living water. Sometime after that, Jesus declares himself to be the light of the world, right? He does this, and this is so important, okay? Why? Because according to Zechariah chapter 14, verses 6 through 8, water and light were both well-known symbols of the Feast of Tabernacles. So if you and I were going to the Feast of Tabernacles and Jesus stood up and said, I am the living water or I am the light of the world, and every one of us would go, wow, yes, yes, that makes sense. Wait a minute, you're doing that, right? So he's doing this and, he, and everybody is just following Jesus. And of course, 
we see that that, that that so was so impactful. And then last week, if you recall, we learned that the Pharisees did something that you and I would just shake our heads at at times. You go, what do you mean? They excommunicated what? A man who was born blind, but now he's healed. They kicked him out of church. You go, what do you mean? Yeah. The Pharisees go, what? Right. And he was so, he was so bothered by they kept asking him, are you the guy that was blind? I don't think you were there. He goes, I'm him. Do you want to learn from him? They get so upset. They say, you can't come back here to the, to the synagogue anymore. They kicked him out, excommunicated him, right? And then the Pharisees, well, they asked Jesus a sarcastic question. You go, what was that? They ask him, are we blind also? Right? Jesus goes, yes. And he rebukes them for their spiritual blindness. And so now in John chapter 10, Jesus is going to, well, think about it. There's no chapter breaks. And so Jesus is going to come in and he's going to continue his teaching. And what's he going to do? He's going to, well, he's going to cascade them for their failures as spiritual shepherds in Israel. That's what he's going to do. Okay, Jesus is going to teach that he is the good shepherd, that he seeks out he, he seeks out the sheep and he will die for his flock. You go, well, why would he do that? Well, your attention, please. Over in Ezekiel 34, there's a whole chapter. I don't have time to get into it, but there's a whole chapter on God saying that there's so many false, false shepherds in Israel that they're leading my people astray. And so all of a sudden, these Pharisees, the religious people, show up, and they're supposed to be... Now, listen, these guys are the ones that are supposed to be the ones that are leading Israel closer to God. And, in, and what they're really doing, guys, is they're, they're leading them astray. Why? Well, Jesus heals this blind man. He's blind from birth. Jesus, remember, spits on the ground, makes some mud, puts him in the air, go, go 500 yards, and, and what? And wash in the pool of Siloam, come back. He came back seeing... And the Pharisees flip out. They're like, what are you doing? It's the Sabbath. How dare you? And they just, they just really, really trip, man. Their minds are blown. You and I, we need to have the heart of compassion where our first question is, who did this or why did this happen? It should be, praise God, look at you. You once were blind, but now you see. And so now they're tripping, man. They're tripping, right? And, and again, there are no chapter breaks, okay? So we have a chapter break. We go from 9 to 10, and it helps us to read. But back then, the manuscript just kept, this is John just writing, okay? So he heals the blind men, okay? He heals the blind men and from birth, and then he gives them the gift of eternal life. Look at verse 35 with me, just kind of as a run and go. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, right? And when he had found them, and I love that statement, guys. You go, why? Because I know that any time that the world or anyone else says, you are not worthy, you are a loser, you're horrible, Jesus finds me right where I'm at. And, and here's what I want you to see. He does not wait for me to get clean. He doesn't wait for me to come and be like, I'm pretty now. He finds me at my worst, and he loves me. That's a good place for an Amen. I mean, seriously, man, because you're like, that's me. That's me. And he says, and when he found him, notice what he said. He says, do you believe in the Son of God? And he answered and said, well, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Right? Who is he? And Jesus said to him, now notice, notice what he says. You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with. Don't you just love that? Why? 
because the man was born blind before. Now he's like, you can see me? I'm him. I'm him. And look at his reaction. His reaction is, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And he worshiped him. I'm just, I'm just so excited. Why? Because now you've got it. Now, 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 here's my question. Okay, here's my question. I want you to think about this for a moment. Right? Let's put on our thinking caps. Did the man believe Jesus as the Messiah because he once was blind, but now he sees? Or now that the spiritual scales have fallen off his eyes, he sees who the Messiah is and he can believe spiritually. You go, why would you ask that question? Here's why. There's a lot of times, guys, in our lives that there are people who get healed physically by the Lord, but they don't believe in Jesus. You go, what do you mean? Oh, they have a knowledge. They have a general belief. Thank you, God, you healed me. You healed me from this. You healed me from cancer. You healed me from drugs. You healed me from alcohol. But they don't have a relationship with him. They don't hear his voice. This guy, he says, I can see and I believe. And notice the byproduct. What's the byproduct? It's worship. It's worship. That's the first thing he does. It's worship. Worship should come, guys, from our hearts all the time, right? We used to, come on, help me, we used to worship the world, right? We used to worship. Our hands would go up, and we'd high-five people at a football game, a basketball game. I don't care what kind of game it was. We used to worship the Lord, I mean, the world. And then now that we get saved, that should be a byproduct. We worship the Lord. How do we worship the Lord? There are times here when we worship the Lord. When the, now, now, listen, when it comes to worship, it's not about the music. Right? Because if you pay close attention, somebody will miss a chord. Or they'll be off. Or the drums will miss a beat. Well, I don't know about that song. I just can't play. That's not worship. Worship goes, he saved me. Listen to the words. He made all things new. That's me. That's me. And, and you, just, you just feel it. But it's not only music, it's in your prayer time, it's in your quiet time, it's when you're driving down the street and you're just talking to the Lord. How many of you ask Jesus to get in the passenger seat when you go anywhere? You go, Jesus, come on, we, let's go for a ride. How you doing? You doing okay? I'm doing okay. Let me tell you about it. And you're just driving, you're talking to the Lord. You go, that's weird, people are going to pull you over. That's prayer. Just talking to the Lord. You know, you get in an elevator and you start talking to the Lord, people will look at you funny. I'm just telling you right now, okay? This guy, the guy we talked about, he went from being blind to worshiping the Lord. He went from being blind from worshiping the Lord. Now, here's what I love about this. It's a beautiful illustration of mine in your life. You go, what do you mean? Guys, we go from being spiritually blind to receiving true sight. Why do you say true? Why do you say true? Here's why. Listen, I'm sitting in my my recliner this morning and I'm praying and saying, God, uh, I want to make sure that I make the point that yes, we once were all spiritually blind, okay? The problem that I have is I think there are people who are still spiritually blind that think they can see. You go, what do you mean? Well, think of the Pharisees. That's exactly what Jesus told them last chapter. He said, guys, you're blind. We're not blind. You're using it. He says, you're still in your sins. You're blind, but you think you can see. So I got on the internet and I said, is there anything that, that people can actually think they can see when they're blind? And guess what? There is something called Anton 
Babinski syndrome. And you go, what happens? Usually it occurs after a stroke, but what it is, what it is, guys, is that it's a rare symptom in brain damage occurring basically into the occipital lobe. And what it does is it it makes you think you can see when you're blind. And all of a sudden you're walking and you think you can still see. Your brain says you can see, but you're running into walls and you're tripping over furniture. I'm going, that's a real physical thing. I'm going, that's exactly. See, so, so here's the point, guys. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of people here today, a lot of people listening by radio or podcast, however they want to, that I think the problem is, is that they think they can see and yet they're still spiritually blind. And times they run into stuff and they go, I'm fine, I'm fine, I didn't see it, I'm okay, I'm okay. And, and Jesus is going, no, I, here, here's the point. This guy couldn't see. He knew he couldn't see. He was blind from birth. But when Jesus touched him, he could see. How do you know? Because he said, Lord, I believe. That's when spiritual sight comes, when you can say, Lord, I believe. Not belief. Not going, I believe the sun will come out tomorrow. I believe that, you know, I'm talking about when you put your faith and trust. Right now, you've put your faith and trust in Jesus completely, 100%, where you go, man, he is my savior. I have complete confidence that when I die, I'm going to heaven because of Jesus. That's, that's true eyesight. That's true eyesight. And so I'm going, man, this is great. Why? Because you and I, we go from being spiritually blind to receiving our sight to worshiping God worshiping God. Our eternal security with our Heavenly Father. That's amazing. That's amazing. Hey, let me ask you this, right? When we go from being spiritually blind to worshiping God, a lot of times we say, well, praise the Lord, right? Something good happens, praise the Lord. But do we really mean it? We need to be so careful that we're just not praise the Lord, right? Praise the Lord. Got my, got my toenails done today. Praise the Lord. Do you mean that? Now, some of us might be like, praise the Lord. <laughs> but do you really mean it? I mean, seriously, I mean, there's, I mean, but the point is, is that when you, when you can see, it is praise the Lord. Every little thing. Did you eat today? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He provided. Amen. Amen. Because it's worship. It's worship. Now, remember who Jesus is talking to. Okay? So important. He's talking to the Pharisees, and this morning, right, he's going to continue. So he goes, well, what is it for us? Well, here's what I want you to do. Okay, I want you to jot these down. We're going to talk about shepherds. We're going to talk about sheepfolds, and then we're going to talk about sheep, okay? Let me say that again. We're going to talk about shepherds. We're going to talk about sheepfolds, and we're going to talk about sheep. Now, as I looked at John chapter 10, guys, there are several ways that a pastor can present this. But I have an evangelistic heart, and so I want to present it this way. I want to present it evangelistic. You go, what does that mean? I want to make sure that you hear the Father's voice. I want to make sure you're hearing the voice. Because he's our good shepherd, you need to hear his voice. Now, we know that throughout the Old Testament, throughout the Word of God, God is often referred to as the good shepherd. 
okay? You can jot these down for later. You can look them up. I'm going to read them to you, but you can put them somewhere. In Psalm 95, okay, Old Testament 7 and 8, it says this, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. So it's a reference to God being our shepherd. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, it says this, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Okay, so Old Testament refers to God as a, as, a, as a good shepherd. New Testament, Jesus comes on the scene. Guess what he does? He refers himself as the good shepherd. You guys with me? Now, in order to understand the text, very, very important, okay? In order to understand the text, we have to do some work. This is vital because if you don't understand what's going on, you'll miss what Jesus is saying. So we got to do some work. You guys ready? You got your notes? Let's talk about shepherds, okay? Let's talk about shepherds. How many shepherds do you know? You go, Ben, I don't know of any shepherds. Well, David comes to mind, right? David, the shepherd boy. Well, guess what shepherds have to have? In order to go out and be a shepherd, you have to have a sling, a sling, okay? A sling, you guys remember that. It's our, our equivalent would be like a slingshot. You guys remember the slingshot? That's not what he's talking about. He'd put a little rock almost like that, and he'd whirl it, and that's how he would... He, every shepherd have to have that. You go, what was the purpose? The purpose would be for offense and defense, okay? When wolves would try to come and steal the sheep, he'd take that rock, boom, and he would just, he would just run off the predators. Offense, okay? Hey, you're getting too close to the sheep. Defense, watch out. But another purpose for the sling, guys, is when a sheep decided to start roaming away, right? He would take his little sling and say, and he'd throw it, not to hit the sheep, but to scare him back into the flock. Okay? So he'd have that. Every shepherd had to have a sling. They also carried a rod. A rod. You go, well, what's that? Well, it would be a, a, a stick or a club with nails in it, okay? And so to have a stick and a club, and, and what was it primarily for? It was for defense, okay? If he had several wolves coming and wanting to eat the sheep, he would have to take his club, and he'd have to make sure. Maybe he couldn't get them with a sling, but he'd take the club and go, mm-mm, okay? And then he also had a staff, a staff. A staff is a long stick with a little hook on the end. Okay, so you got a club, you got a staff, you got a sling. You go, what was the staff for? Well, you guys remember when sheep would get off and go off on a cliff somewhere, right? They like to hang out together, but eventually a sheep goes, eh, I'm going to go see what's over here. Well, he'd have to take his staff, get him by the neck, and gently pull him back. That was a staff. Those were things that a shepherd had, okay? Right? So... All of it was offense, defense. It was keeping the flock together. I love what David writes, and we'll go over this a little bit later, but David writes in Psalm 23, 4, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? For you are with me, your rod, everybody knows what a rod is, and your staff, well, they comfort me. Why? Because you're my protection, God. You're my protection. Now, that's a shepherd. You go, what else are we going to talk about? Well, in order to understand the text, we need to understand sheepfolds, sheepfolds, 
Okay? There are two types. There are two types. The first is called a city sheepfold. City. You go, what's that? When a shepherd would gather his sheep, okay, and he was in the city, he would take them and he would put them in a pen with other sheep, and then there would be one doorkeeper. One doorkeeper, okay? You go, well, what's that like? Well, think of, think of a parking garage. You know what a parking garage is? You, you take the car in and you leave it there, and then in the morning, you can come and take your car out. Well, that would be a city sheep pen, okay? So here would be the shepherd, and he'd gather his sheep. Okay, y'all are my sheep. And he'd say, okay, come on. Come on, guys. We're going in for the night, right? And we're in the city, and I would lead you into a city sheepfold. Now, I would go off and get rest because I have, Tim is my, he would be the doorkeeper right there. Tim would be the guy that goes, okay, I'm going to make sure, I'm going to close the door and make sure none of the sheep get out. And I say, okay, Tim, I'll see you in the morning. Okay, city sheep, you guys got that? In the morning, I would come out and I'd go, okay, sheep, come on, let's go, time to go. Now, listen, you're not the only sheep in there. You're mixed in with every, somebody else's sheep. Okay? And you're having a sheep party, and you're having sheep dance there, and you're having a good time. But when the morning I come up, and I say, hey, Tim, I'm going to get my sheep. You go, go ahead. And I go, hey, Gio, come on. Come on, Gio. And I start calling my sheep, right? I start calling my sheep. Lori, time to go. It's time to get up. Hey, Armando, come on. Santos, let's go. And then you would hear my voice, and you go, that's my shepherd. Got to go. And you would follow me out the door. That's, this, that's, this, that's the city sheepfold, Right? The doorkeeper made sure you were safe, but you would hear my voice, right? And you would not follow a stranger. Now, if a stranger came in and said, Santos, Armando, Laura, come on, you'd go, that's not my shepherd. And you'd go, oh, no, like that, (laughs) right? You wouldn't go. But then if I stepped up and said, hey, Whatever, however they do, right? They would, they would come. You'd be like, man, they'd follow me. And I'd go, okay, let's go. That's a city. That's a city. A county or country, if you will, sheepfold is a little bit different, okay? Uh, it would be out of the city, far up in the country, and the shepherd would rest his sheep in a sheepfold out in the country, this was often made of stone, okay, pretty high, high stone, and then they would take briar and sticks and weeds, and they put them on the top to make sure that no predators came over, and it would be four walls, okay, and there would be no door or doorkeeper, okay, Tim, Tim is my doorkeeper, he's in the city, he didn't follow me, so what would I do? Okay, your attention please, let's pretend that this right here, this area is the country sheepfold, this is the door, to go in. The shepherd would lay down right here and make sure nobody went in and no sheep came out. Okay? So I would lay down right here and Kevin couldn't come out. He's going to be in there, right? And Kevin can jump over because it's high enough and then there's, there's all, so, so, so you got some briar, so it's four walls in here. So you guys are all the sheep. Now, listen, if I were to lay down right here and this was the only door, none of you could come out and nobody could go in. This is where you get rest. Why? Because you, you guys are going, man, I feel safe in here. I know no wolf is going to come over, I know, but, but I know I can't get out unless I go through the shepherd. The shepherd has to. Now, here's the neat thing, right? Here's the neat thing. Gio, come over here. I'm going to use you for an example. I have my 
my staff. Okay, Gio is a sheep, okay? I have my staff. Here's what I do. I, I love my sheep, okay? Gio hears my voice. But I would take my staff, you guys know that? The one with the big hook? And I would, I would make Gio, the sheep, go underneath it, and I would inspect him. Okay, because we've been out in the field. I want to make sure he doesn't have any bugs or ticks or scrapes or anything that could harm the sheep. So as Gio went through, I would look at him and go, okay, you're good, Gio. Everything, you all right? And then he'd go into the country. You see that? I would, I would inspect him. That's another good use. Thank you, Gio. There's another good use for the staff. That's a country, okay? So you got that, right? City, you know what I'm talking about? Country, you know what I'm talking about, okay? So we know about shepherds. We know about sheepfolds. Now let's talk sheep, okay? Sheep, every goat, ah, just kidding, don't do that. Guess what? You know what I read about sheep? Did you know what I found out? Sheep are really dumb. You go, they are? They really are. If you do any type of, I mean, they're really dumb. You go, what do you mean? If sheep are not managed well, guess what they'll do? They will eat the same grass till it turns to dirt. Then they'll eat the dirt until they get sick and die. They don't have any clue, hey, I'm eating dirt. This doesn't taste good. That's all right. That's how dumb they are. They'll just keep eating. This is what blows my mind. They'll keep eating. I mean, listen, here's, here's another thing, too. It's crazy. There'll be grass over here. And they'll eat the dirt. Yeah, that looks like grass. I ain't taking any chances. Right? That's what they do. And you're just like, come on, sheep. I mean, don't you? Think about it, guys. If they're not, if they're not well managed by a shepherd. Hey, hey, come on over here. Come on. Let's eat over here. This is going to be good. Be careful, though. You know? Then they'll eat and die. Check this out. Check this out. Why would sheep do that? You ready? Because sheep are often creatures of habit. Right? You know how I know we're sheep? It's by you guys sit in the same place every Sunday. <laughs> Am I right? I mean, that's it. And if somebody's sitting in your spot, you're like this. <laughs> Honey, I don't think they know that's our spot. We're two rows back. Are you kidding? We are, right? Have you ever attended a conference? Have you ever attended a conference? And where you sit, you sit for the three days? Why? I don't know. Just, we're just creatures of habit. Now, let me give you one more. Let me give you one more. There are probably 500 plus restaurants in Lubbock, Texas. Amen? You guys have two or three of your favorites. Where do you want to go? I don't know. You want to go over here? No, let's go. And you stick to the same ones. Why? Because we're creatures of habit, right? It's no wonder the scripture goes, you guys are sheep. You'll eat at the same place. I went to a restaurant the other day. It was closed. I've been going there for 20 years. I stood at the door for 20 minutes. Is it closed, right? Right? So again, think about that. Sheep, sheep, sheep. So we know, we know about shepherds. We know about sheepfolds. And we know about sheep. That's going to give us great insight to what Jesus says, Okay? 
So Jesus, guys, let me set the scene. He healed the blind men from birth. He gives them the gift of eternal life. The Pharisees are super mad. Jesus healed on the seventh. He actually calls the Pharisees blind guides, and then he continues on his discourse. Ready? Look at verse 1 with me. He says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up another way is the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice. He calls out his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. What's he talking about, church? The city sheepfold right here. That's going to blow your mind. Why? Because it's exactly what he said. He said, okay, so Tim is my doorkeeper. I just told Jesus, just said, listen, you guys, the Pharisees are supposed to be great shepherds. He says, I'm going over, Tim's going to open the door, and true shepherds hear the voice of the shepherd. That's what Jesus just said, right? Now, if we don't understand sheepfolds, we would go, I don't understand what Jesus is saying, right? But here's what you want to put on your Bible. You want to put city, sheepfold right here on top, okay? Now, stay with me. The Pharisees were supposed to be Israel's shepherds, and Jesus just told them, guys, you're not doing a good job. You're too self-centered. You're too, you're, you, you, you've got too much going on in the inside. Now, here's what I want you to note with me. Note with me some traits of a good shepherd, okay? He's the good shepherd, right? What did Jesus just say? Jesus said, man, listen, listen. I tell you the truth. He says, man, you're going to hear my voice, right? The, the, the door's going to open. To him, the doorkeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. He calls them by name. And he, notice, he leads them out. You go, well, what's a trait? What's one good trait of a good shepherd? Well, first and foremost, guys, we see that he knows his sheep. He knows his sheep, right? And his sheep know him. Why? Because he comes out and he says, hey, hey, Bob, Bob, come on. And there comes Bob, right? That's beautiful. It's a trait of a good shepherd. The shepherd know his, they know his sheep. They know his sheep, Right? And that's why I entitled the message, Do You Hear What I Hear? Are you hearing the shepherd's voice? Okay, listen. In the world, God puts pastors, he calls them shepherds, over your life. And I don't know if you get this or not, but I have to stand before Almighty God and give an account for y'all. So y'all need to behave, okay? Don't be sheep too much. But I have to. Okay? Pastors have to give an account. We're going to be judged stricter. I mean, who wants that? I don't even want to be judged, and I'm going to be judged stricter, but that's the point. But God gives us a beautiful picture of him being the good shepherd, the good shepherd that we're supposed to hear his voice. We're supposed to hear his voice. Another good trait, guys, is that he calls his sheep by name. Right? Now, let's be honest. Some of us grew up going, I didn't like the name that parents gave me. I don't like that name. Call me something else. But we do like our name. And I like the fact that he calls me by my name, by my name, right? Here's what the shepherd would do. Oftentimes, he got to know the sheep real well, that they were kind of like pets to him. And so as the shepherd would come down, he goes, that's Melissa. This is Melissa. I know her. I know her. Right? Come on, Melissa, let's go. She, see, she knows my voice. She knows my voice. And as her shepherd, think about this, she's going to follow me. 
when, when Melissa, because I know her, if she's going through a turmoil or she's, got, she's going to be able to go to her shepherd and I'm going to be able to say, let me, let me tell you, let me guide you on this. Here's what God's word says. Every good shepherd should point you to the word of God. They may have their opinion, but they will always point you to what God says. Okay, so that's a good trait of a shepherd. A good trait of a shepherd says, hey, I know them, I know them, I know them. And here's what I like the third, is that he leads his sheep. He leads. Where does he lead them? Well, the Bible says to greener pastures, to good food. Now, here's what I want you to note about this. He leads and they follow. What does that mean? Guys, a shepherd should not have to go behind them and constantly push them. Okay? Could you imagine? Okay, let's go. Bob, come on. Bob, Bob. Ugh. have to put. Come on, Bob. Come on. That's not a shepherd, right? He should hear the voice and say, come on. Come on. I like that because it says the shepherd leads. The shepherd leads. And you go, well, Ben, I could see that in the church, but our good shepherd, we should be able to hear his voice and follow him. In first century, when Jesus was there, there were a lot of people who didn't follow him. In John chapter 6, verse 66, it said, many of his disciples turned away and no followed him no more. They didn't hear his voice anymore. You see, they were looking for a free meal. What can I get from Jesus? What can I get? How can my life be better if I follow this Messiah instead of going, no, 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 that's the shepherd. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow him. So they know his voice and they follow him willfully. Look at verse 4. And, and when, he brings them, when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and his sheep follow them for they know his voice. For they will no means follow a stranger. You guys see that? They will flee from him for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Jesus used this illustration that they did not understand the thing that he spoke to them. Now, what's the thing? Okay, what's he talking about? City sheepfold. Okay, Tim opens the door. I say, hey, Armando, let's go. Let's go, Santos. Now, if another shepherd comes in and starts saying something, stranger danger. Okay? We don't know him. We don't know him. Now, doesn't that make sense? Parents, didn't you teach your kids stranger danger? You listen to mommy and daddy. When mommy and daddy call you, you come. But if a stranger you don't know says, hey, little boy, come here, what do you say? No, you run. You run. Stranger, danger, everybody, you guys know what I'm talking about? Well, that's what God is saying. That's exactly what he's saying in the scripture. He's going, listen. He says, listen, when I call your voice, you'll hear. But listen, when another false messiah, another shepherd is trying to get your attention, you go, "Mm mm-mm, that's not my God. That's not my Jesus. That's not my Jesus. How important is it for us to know his voice so that we can hear what he's trying to say to us? If we don't know his voice, guys, listen, let me just tell you, there's a lot of voices out there. You go, what's a strong voice today? Social media. As much as we hate it or whatever, social media is a strong voice that tries to tell us that everybody in the world is perfect. Right? Right? I mean, you can't, you can't get on social media without seeing somebody post a picture of their food. And you're like, that looks good. 
And then they post a picture of their outfit and you go, I could never wear that. And then, I mean, you see, the point is, is that they, I mean, how many filters do we got to go through? And that's not the voice I want to listen to. I want to hear my shepherd's voice that says, I love you just the way you are. Flaws and all. You don't need to send me a picture of your food. I created that food. Enjoy. But praise me for it. Right? Because everything we do should bring glory to God. It should, never, it should never turn on itself, okay, to where we start worshiping creation rather than the creator. Okay? Everything we do, food, clothing, moments, what, car, whatever it is, we go, praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for this. The next time you're standing in the shower, thank the Lord Jesus that water is coming out. Because you, you would look really silly in the shower with no water coming out. But you're going, thank you, Lord, for a shower. Thank you. Thank you that I can walk. Thank you for a house. Thank you that we have heat and air conditioning. If you have it, praise the Lord. If you don't have it, then you got a fan. I mean, there you go. The problem is, guys, is notice. They didn't understand the things that he spoke to them. Why? Because they're still spiritually blind. They think they can see, but they don't get it. They don't understand. So Jesus says, I love you guys. I love you. Now, remember. We give the Pharisees a hard time, but Jesus has a heart for them too. He loves them. And she says, let me, let me see if I can put this another way, okay? You didn't, you didn't catch my city sheepfold over here with Tim, okay? You didn't get it, but let's talk, let's, talk, let's talk country sheepfold. Look at verse 7. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Right? Ding, 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 ding. Everybody's going to remember, I am the door. I'm going to lay a cross. I'm, you can't get through me, right? He says, I am the door. And everybody goes, oh, you're talking about the country sheepfold. You're like, yeah. Jesus says, I am. Now, remember, you couldn't get to the sheep unless you went by the way of the door, right? You couldn't get in. I'm going to come in, and I'm going to lay right here, and I'm going to tell you, Gio's not coming out unless he comes through me, right? He's going to have to button. Hey, I want to get out. I'll say, Gio, get back in there. That's, he said, that's what he's saying. He's saying the sheep won't come out. But not only that, what's more important is I'm not going to let those ugly wolves come in here and get you. I'm not going to let predators get you. I'm going to lay right here. And I'm going to lay with my what? My rod and my staff. I've got a sling. If I see one coming. And so again, think about it. Jesus is going, I, not, listen, he hears my voice. Okay, you didn't get that? I am the door. I am the door. And then he says this, all who ever came before me, well, they're thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear him. Why? If you have a pencil handy, you can circle those, those words, thieves and robbers, because what Jesus is talking about, he's talking about false messiahs and he's talking about false teachers. He said, guys, everybody who came and said they were the Christ, they were false. They were false. Listen, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert, Okay. Because he's going to tell us next week, I don't have time right here, he's going to tell us next week, he says, because those false messiahs, when the, when the wolves come, they're going to get up and they're going to let, hey, I don't want any of this, go ahead, eat the sheep. And you go, well, why would anyone want to stand up and do this? Well, guys, at this time in Palestine, because it was under Roman bondage, so many false teachers tried to take the role of the Messiah for a lot of reasons. And you go, what's that? Pride? 
Look at me now. Hey, I'm the Messiah. Follow me. Power? You know what? I can gain some power, right? So you got pride and you got power and you got fame and notoriety. A lot of people were stepping up and Jesus goes, listen to me. All whoever came before me, capital letters, are thieves and robbers. And the sheep, the sheep didn't hear him. Here's the sad problem, guys. The sad problem is that that happens today. And what really hurts my feelings is that you'll have somebody stand up and say that he's Jesus in the flesh, and you'll have hundreds and hundreds of people following this man who says he's Jesus. I'm like, they're not taught the scriptures. I mean, think about this. Think about how this sets it up. This sets up for the Antichrist, right? The Antichrist is going to come in and he's going to lead millions astray. Why? Because he can do, he's going to be able to do miraculous things. And the world is so hungry for a Messiah, for a Savior, that they're going to follow anyone who can give them a break financially, pay their health insurance. I mean, whatever it might be. I'm not saying that definitively. I'm saying that the world is going to be so hungry that when the Antichrist shows up, people are going to flock to him because they're going to say, I need a Savior. I need a Savior. I need somebody to rescue me. And that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, be careful, church. This happens a lot today. This happens a lot today. Church, let me ask you a question. Do we follow somebody just because they have a miraculous sign? We follow the Word of God. Be careful. Be careful, man, because somebody comes in and goes, hey, I've got a special anointing from Jesus. Watch this. And I did something crazy. Man, we'd be packed in here. Don't do it. You follow the word of God. If this pastor or any other pastor gets away from that word, you guys leave. You follow the word of God. So Jesus goes on, right? Jesus goes on and look at verse 9. He says, I am the door. Everybody knows what that is, right? What's he saying? He's not saying he is a door. He's saying he is the door. If anyone enters me, guess what's going to happen? He will be saved. He will go in and out and he'll find pasture. Isn't that a great verse? Go ahead and underline it. Use a highlighter and mark up your phone and uh, just, just, just highlight that, right? Why? Because notice what he says. He says, I am the door, and if we go by the way of the door, we have tremendous benefits. You go, what's that? Number one, we're saved. Can I get an amen for being saved? You go, what am I saved from? The wrath to come. But more importantly, you're saved. <laughs> I'm saved from myself. Can I just say this? Can, can we be honest in church? Me left to myself is a mess. Me by myself, I'm a, I am, I need the Lord. I need to be saved from me. Because if you just say, Ben, go out and get after it, I mean, I'm going to end up just crazy. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. So I need salvation. We'll go, what kind of salvation? Well, we know he saves us from our past. Can I get an amen there? Our past is gone. Hallelujah. Amen. You mean what I did last Friday is gone? Have you confessed it? Yes. Amen. It's gone. How about your present? Right? Your present is, 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 you're safe from your present, right? You're, you're forgiven. I mean, think about this, right? It's just, there you are, and uh, you're having a great day. You get in your car, and you're going to go get some ice cream because you're having a wonderful day, and you deserve it. And you get on the loop, and somebody cuts you off three times. Yeah, see, she knows it. 
and you pray to the Lord, Lord, just give me an unsaved spirit for just one minute. <laughs> just an unsaved spirit so I can... Thank God he saves us from our present. Amen? Amen. And then he gently reminds you, hey, remember, remember a month ago where you cut that person off? Oh, yes, Lord, I'm sorry. But I didn't mean to. They didn't mean to either. And then our future. He saves us from our future, right? All of us that are going to sin next week, shame on you. But no, I'm just kidding. We're saved. We're saved. And then he says this. Here's another benefit. You'll go in and you'll be able to go out. And you go, what does that mean to us? Well, Israel would recognize this from the book of Deuteronomy. When Israel was at peace, they could freely go in and out, in and out. But when they were under siege, guess what? They were prisoners and they were in bondage, so they couldn't. So when Jesus goes, listen, if you come through me, you're going to be able to go in and out. Everybody goes, wow, really? Yeah, you're going to have peace. You're going to have peace and you'll be able to go in and out. And he says, oh, and by the way, you're going to find good pasture. Good pasture, what does that mean? He says, green pastures and fresh water were nourishment and refreshing. Our shepherd gives us awesome spiritual food and nourishment. He says, you're not going to eat the same dirt that you ate when you were in the world. You're going to start eating good food. Good food. You go, how does that happen? You ready? You ready? It's when we don't simply read the word of God. Stay with me. It's when we allow the word of God to read us. When you allow the Word of God to read you is when you start to feel that wonderful, that hunger, you start to feel, oh, okay, oh, right? If if you have your quiet time and you start letting the Scriptures read you, a lot of your questions are going to be, Lord, am I doing that to you? Lord, am am I doing that? Lord, forgive me. I didn't realize that I was was worshiping an idol or I was whatever it might be. I mean, when you read the Scriptures and it starts to read you, that's that's the spiritual nourishment. Why? Because you quickly confess it. Lord, I'm sorry. And he goes, okay, let's work on that. And then you start to grow. So he's going to lead you into green pastures. He's going to say, hey, by the way, I got some good food over here. And you go, what's some good food? He goes, hey, why don't you look up, um, why don't you study numbers? Numbers! Numbers is like broccoli. I hate broccoli. You know, I mean, it's like green stuff. I mean, listen, Lord, when you said nourishment, I thought, I thought we were going to have hamburgers and fries and, and pizza. I mean, I love all that stuff. He goes, no, I want to give you some good nourishment. Why don't you go through, why don't you go through the book of Lamentations? Lord, that's worse than broccoli. That's like asparagus or something. It's just, I don't know. All of his word is nourishment. All of it. And then verse 10 says this, the thief comes. What does the thief come to do, church? He does not come except to kill or to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life. Now, let me say this to you. You ready? There's two shepherd voices here. Do you hear them? Do you hear what I hear? You go, what's that? There's one shepherd voice that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not a real shepherd. That's what the thief wants to do. The thief wants to do in your life. He wants to kill your joy. He wants to rob you of all peace, right? He wants to do that. Do you guys understand that? He's not a real shepherd. He wants to come. He wants to destroy. He wants to steal everything you have. He says, but Jesus says, but I've come. For what purpose? I've come to bring life and life more abundantly. And the disciples are like this. The Pharisees are like this. And just in case we were confused, 
Jesus says, let me clarify one more thing. Look at verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, right? He says, oh, just in case we're confused, Jesus says, I am that good shepherd. I am. Do you hear his voice? The reason sometimes we don't hear his voice, church, is because we don't understand his responsibilities. You go, how so? Well, let's close with this, okay? Let's close with this. Say goodbye to John and turn um, left to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. And as you turn there, okay, I want to give you, and I want you to note the responsibilities that our good shepherd has. Our good shepherd, Psalm 23, you guys know this. David writes this, but notice what he says in verse 1. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for his namesake. What does he do here? Notice what he says. He says, man, if God is my shepherd, I hear his voice. I don't need anything. I'm okay. I'm good. He makes me to lie down where? In green pastures, not dirt. There's plenty of grass. And then he leads me beside still. Don't you just love that still waters? And you go, why? Because, man, sometimes the, the sound of rushing water is just, it's just frightening. Huge rushing water scares us. But still water? Ah. Oh, ah. Oh. And he restores my soul. You go, what can I write here, Pastor? If you're taking note, you can write rest. He leads his sheep to rest. But let me give you this real quick, okay? Before any sheep can lie down, four things need to happen. Before you can find rest, four things need to happen. You go, what are they? You ready? Number one, there has to be no fear whatsoever. No fear. If a, if a sheep is scared, it cannot rest. Okay? The second thing that has to happen is he has to see the shepherd at all time. If the shepherd goes out of view and he gets scared, that sheep will freeze and he won't move. In order for him to rest, he goes, oh, there's my shepherd. I'm good. He's my shepherd. The third thing is that there has to be no outside aggravation. You know what do you mean? Bugs, flies, ticks, all of that stuff, they won't rest. They'll be like, you, you know how it is, right? In the summertime here, when you go outside and you're trying to barbecue and all the, all the mosquitoes are coming after you, that's no fun. You can't wait for that cooler day when you can sit out there, but you're going like this, going inside. That's a sheep. He won't rest if he feels that. And last but not least, check this out. A sheep won't rest, right? A sheep won't rest when he's hungry. When he's hungry. He has to eat. He has to eat. No fear at all. No outside aggravation. But one of the things, too, you got to understand is that a sheep won't rest if there's friction from within the flock. Here's the one thing you didn't know about sheep, okay? The older sheep love to bug the younger sheep. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Gio. Come on, let me use you again. Ain't you glad you sat in the front row, huh, bro? Say, say Gio is a young sheep and he's eating grass right there and I'm an older sheep, here's how I would aggravate him. Eh, eh. I would push him out of the way so I could eat where his food is. 
I would constantly be doing this. It's the older, and he will not rest until there's, and so the shepherd has to go, "Uh uh-uh, you, older one, go back. (laughs) Right? But when that happens, thank you, Gio. But when those things happen, guys, the, the, the sheep can rest. He can rest. That's what our shepherd does for us. And that's what it says, right? He says, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I'll fear no evil. Guys, listen, when you're ready to take your final breath on earth, I want to hear my shepherd's voice. I don't want to fear because I've heard his voice before. He says, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, man, they bring comfort because you love me. You prepare a table before me, before my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. What, what is that oil? Well, what if, our, what if a sheep has a scratch because he was out messing around? He'll take that oil and that oil he would put on the top of the head and it would just anoint him and he would feel better. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You ready? Let me give you four things the shepherd gives us. Ready? He gives us rest. Rest for our souls. He guides us. He guides us. He brings safety into our lives. We don't have to worry. And last but not least, there's prosperity. You go, prosperity? Yeah, look what it says. All the days of my life, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. That's true prosperity. All the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. That's the good shepherd. Father, we thank you for your word and the truth in your word, Lord. And Lord, maybe today, God, in the sound of my voice, there might be somebody here today that you are already knocking on, you are already talking to. And maybe you're here today. And as I was saying some things, your heart started to well up inside. And you might be asking yourself a very important question. I I don't know if I hear I don't know if I hear his voice. I don't know. You know, you were saying about hearing his voice and and man, listen, I've I've confess to be a Christian. I played a Christian. I mean, I know, I know about God, but, but pastor, I, I don't know for sure. Do, do I know God? Do I know him? Is he my shepherd? And maybe today he's knocking on your heart saying, today's the day. And now you're beginning to hear his voice a little bit. Why? Because you're going, I don't, I don't want to stay on this earth alone. I, I need my shepherd. I need my shepherd. You go, pastor, what do I have to do? In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to what? Just to give your life to Jesus. And it's real simple. You go, God, I can't hear you. I want to hear you. Come into my heart. Save me. Forgive me. Open up my heart. It's real simple. You go, what happens if I do that? Then the Lord Jesus is going to come in. He's going to save you. He's going to forgive you. And he's going to give you eyes to see and ears to hear. And so with every eye closed and every head bowed, is there anyone here that would say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to lift up my hand, pray for me, because I don't hear my shepherd's voice, and I want to. 
You just need to lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. God bless you, sister, to my left. God bless you, sir. I see you in the back. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? I'm, I'm, I want to surrender today completely. God bless you, ma'am. I see you there. Anyone else? I just need to hear his voice. I want to know that I'm saved. It's a simple prayer full of faith. And it goes something like this. In your heart of hearts, you might pray this. Lord Jesus, I'm not sure if I hear you, but I want to hear you. Because I believe with all of my heart that you are God and that you died for my sins. For me personally, I confess, Lord, that I'm a sinner and I need you, Jesus. I don't want to do life alone. I need my shepherd. And so I open up my heart and I invite you inside. And I'm asking you to come in and be my Lord and be my God, be my Savior and be my friend. Lord, this day, April 22nd, 2018, I choose with all of my heart to follow you. I will repent from my sins. I'll turn away from the world. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I don't know what all that means, but if you'll guide me, I'll follow. I love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. 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 Hey, listen, listen, listen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, listen, we want to pray with you. We want to give you a Bible. We want to just encourage you in your walk, whatever you need. So if that's you and you just go, okay, I just, I just need some prayer. I just want to just confess to somebody, I did that. Then uh, Santos is back there and uh, we'll just pray with you. If you need a Bible, we'll get you a Bible. Whatever you need, we're here for you because we want you to hear your shepherd's voice. If you go, Ben, this was just a recommitment. I just wanted to make sure. Then I say, amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's worship the Lord. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.